0: We all owe them, but very few of us know them. They are the men and women of our military and first responder communities. And these are their stories. American Warrior Radio is on the air. Hello, ladies
1: and gentlemen. Welcome to American Warrior Radio. This is your host, Ben Bueller garcia In his book, War, best-selling author Sebastian Junger examines how different cultures collectively bear the burden of war and what they do to integrate returning warriors back into their societies. When a member of our military goes to war, the whole family goes to war. And when they return from combat, the entire family must live with the changes that has created. Few more so than the military wives who come to realize that the war often follows their husband's home. I Married the War is a powerful documentary produced by husband and wife team Betty and Ken Rogers. It tells the experiences of 11 military wives whose lives were forever changed when their husbands returned from combat. We're very pleased to have them joining us in studio today. Betty, Ken Rogers, welcome to American Warrior Radio. Thank you so much. You know, Ken, in your case, it's a welcome back. We last had you on in 2019 uh, when we talked about, I think it was your first documentary, uh, Bravo, Common Men, Uncommon Valor, about... uh, The things that you and comrades experienced at the Battle of Quezon.
0: That's correct. And
1: a wonderful documentary.
0: Thank you. I had
1: the opportunity to attend a screening of your new documentary, I Married the War, when you aired it in Tucson, Arizona. And very, very powerful film. I mean, the words that are used to describe it, which I think are all appropriate, are are brilliant, but then also heartbreaking, uh, you know, inspirational. So let me back up a little bit. Betty, you married Ken in 1985. Right. So your experience, and he is a Vietnam veteran, a combat veteran. Mm -hmm. So your experience with Ken did not include the, I married the war. You kind of married after the war, but you still got the war. Whereas many of the women featured in your documentary, you know, were younger brides and they knew what they were getting into when their husbands went off to war. It wasn't though until later after the marriage that you attended a reunion of some of Ken's comrades from the Battle of Quezon that you realized that what you two maybe were experiencing, there was a name for it, and that was PTSD. PTSD.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Was that from another wife at the reunion, or just in general conversation, or how much of an aha moment was that for you?
2: It was It was really something. Um, we were at a reunion of Quezon veterans. Quezon is where Ken served in Vietnam during the 77-day siege. And um, we, that one of the gentlemen uh, set up a seminar about PTSD. This was in 2008. Yeah, 2008, and it was for the veterans and their spouses. And uh, we went in and sat down with a room full of probably 50 or more couples. And the gentleman started describing PTSD and the manifestations of it. And and all of the wives, including me, sat there with our mouths open because he was describing our husbands. Mm-hmm. And this description applied to every single husband in the room. He was talking about, you know, keeping your back in a corner in a room full of people, um, isolation, self-isolation, uh, quick to anger, and so many other... Uh, manifestations and, and that was the first time I realized that some of Ken's behavior was related to PTSD and his experience in the war we had talked for a lot of times about his experience over there but back at that time PTSD in 2008 was just beginning to be recognized and acknowledged and diagnosed
1: now, Ken, uh, prior to 2008, had you had any open and, and frank discussions with Betty about this before, or were you still locked up?
0: Well, we talked about the war a lot, uh, actually, but I didn't have PTSD. That was somebody else's problem, okay? Uh. So I didn't need to talk about it until I did, but we didn't talk about that. But we did actually talk about the war quite a bit.
1: And were you, was that seminar also an an aha moment for you? just as far as saying, Ken, yes, you do need to talk about this as part of the, I mean, because I got to tell you, Laura and I have only been married going on five years. We both married quite late in life, the first marriage for both of us. And marriage is not easy. You know, it it takes work to to make it work. I can't imagine throwing PTSD and, and a traumatic brain injury into the mix.
0: So... We got back from this reunion and and we went out to dinner with some friends of ours and we were sitting there eating and the guy said something to me I don't remember what it was but the next thing I know I'm over him and I'm gonna she she was grabbing me and telling me to behave and so I decided well maybe I do have issues you know one of the things about PTSD and combat veterans you never want to surprise them because they just I mean you go into combat mode. And he surprised me, and I think I think I really frightened him. And he was a retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. And, of course, I did really scare him because he wasn't a Marine. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I thought about it for a couple of days, and I had never dealt with a VA. I had never been to the VA. I never, didn't want anything to do with it. So I got in touch with him, and I went to see uh, – some people that could tell me what to do about it. And so then I saw a counselor for a while.
1: Now, was that your, as far as manifestations of this for you, or, or you or Betty, either one answer, was that quick to anger? Was that the main thing? Or were you also having nightmares and, and some of the other symptoms?
0: No, I had I, I had a lot of nightmares. I had uh, isolation. And I still, you know, I walk in a room and I look around and I try to figure out how I'm going to take everybody out if I have to. And, you know, that's just, I think, real common with combat veterans and anger. Uh, Self-medication. Yeah, I did. I self-medicated for years. I don't anymore. I quit that. Uh, but I did. I drank for a long time, and then I decided that wasn't doing anybody any good, so I quit that. You know, I was a sick person, you know, mental illness. and hate to admit that, but I think that's what it is. It's a mental illness, and you get it, and the things that give it to you, you don't get rid of, so you just have to learn how to manage them. Okay. So there's there's no cure. No. It's just going to be managed. What,
1: at which point did you two had worked together on the on the previous documentary on Bravo, and at which point did it come to you, Betty, or or you, Ken, to say, you know, A, you, you realize that you're not alone now, that probably since the beginning of time, since we've had war, wives have sent their husbands off to war and then waited, and the husbands hopefully came back. At which point did you say, you know, this would make a, were you almost compelled to make a documentary in order to spread this message that you're not alone?
2: Well, again, this was at the reunion the next year, and uh, what what really instigated it was sitting around, I was sitting around listening to all the men talking about this common experience that they had, and seeing the openness and the candor and and realizing that once they left the reunion, got up from the table and walked away, those stories became silent again. They evaporated. And there was some really important history that happened there and a lot of lifelong changes within each person from that experience. And so... I asked Ken, I said, has anybody ever told this story? And he said, well, in bits and pieces. And I said, I think it really needs to be recorded in some way. And he said, well, why don't you go talk to the skipper, our company commander? And uh, I went over and had a conversation with him. And he said, well, people have actually tried to tell the story of Kason and what happened here. But it just never has come to pass And I said, well, do you mind if we try? And he said, go for it. (laughs) I would love for you to do this. Go forth and conquer. Yeah, yes. (laughs) And so uh, Ken and I talked about it on the way home from the reunion. And, you know, how can we do this best? And we finally came to the conclusion that a documentary story with the men telling the story themselves, not somebody else, not a historian, but the men.
1: I, I love how between the two documentaries, you're sort of, not sort of, you're bookending that relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, the, their new documentary is I Married the War. You can learn more by visiting imarriedthewar.com. We'll be back with more with Betty and Ken Rogers. Also, check out their first documentary, Bravo, Common Men, Uncommon Valor. Uh, you can find that on all the streaming devices, Amazon DVD probably. We'll be right back. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben Bueller garcia We're speaking with Betty and Ken Rogers. They've just produced a new documentary called I Marry the War. It's a very powerful documentary. I encourage you to check it out. Visit com. Betty, we are talking about the the impetus for you all producing your first documentary. What was that conversation like when the idea came around of producing the second documentary of talking to the war wives? What was that conversation like between you and Ken? Did you have to drag him kicking and screaming? Or? Oh, not at all. Okay.
2: No, as on our journey with Bravo, Common Men on Common Valor, we met so many wives and um, heard their stories. And, and then one day at one of the reunions, another gentleman said, you know, Betty, you're a Vietnam veteran too. Mm-hmm. You wives are Vietnam veterans because you've lived with the after effects of the war in us. And um, so that was another seed. And then our editor, John Nutt, um, when we were discussing our next film with him, he said, you know, something that would be really powerful would be to hear from the wives. And his original idea was the wives of the men in Bravo. But we found that um, we really wanted to open up the story to show the long you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you said, from the beginning of time, practically, um, the the wives and the spouses now um, have have lived with this after effect of war, and it was time to address it as broadly as we could. And so we have a woman from, uh, two women from the World War II era, um, a woman from the Korean War, three from the Vietnam War, and four from the the uh, Middle East wars. Um, but anyway, um, so we we knew we wanted to make another film. We wanted to raise awareness of and, and give a voice to the women who've really been silent through the years until just recently. There is a national dialogue now um, with spouses and mm-hmm. they're beginning to speak and um, raise awareness and the nation is beginning to come around and support them more. but um.
1: You know, it's one of those things that particularly, uh, the reason we do this show is to communicate these stories and these issues to the civilians out there to, to bridge that, that chasm of understanding. We also obviously have got a, a lot of veterans in active duty that also tune in. But from a civilian perspective, I never thought about it. And I've done countless numbers of shows on, on PTSD and TBI and other issues. and But then if you think about it for one millisecond, it's one of those kind of "duh" moments, right? I mean, and I've always preached the gospel that when a family goes to war, the you know, when a warrior goes to war, the whole family goes, and, and this just reinforces that. And I just so I was very, I was very pleased to see your work and to see you two professionals taking on this this task and communicating this. How did you select? You mentioned there's eleven women from spanning from World War II on up to the present day. How did you select them, and did you have to interview 30 to get 11, or what are the logistics of that?
2: Well, first of all, we made uh, personal contacts uh, through different – well, uh, we live in Boise, Idaho, and the local um, police chief introduced us to the wife of a Medal of Honor recipient, and um, that's Sally Jackson in the film. And then um, through other contacts, uh, we didn't have anybody that we knew from the Korean War. So Mary Ellen Salzano, in um, I believe she's in the Bay Area, um, put out a call nationally for a, you know wives of of uh, the Korean War veterans who would. Might, might speak up and Gloria Jabot promptly called me and said I know what you're doing I support it and I will be happy to interview with you um, who else can
0: well and you know Betty and I knew two of the women that uh, of the Vietnam era and uh, we used to go to Elko Nevada all the time to the Cowboy Poetry Festival in January, the end of January and we made quite a few contacts there and one of our Vietnam veteran wives Sally Zepeda came to us through mm-hmm. the poetry you know so it was like uh, one of the women and that one of the younger women came to us through a former marine who worked for the state of Idaho uh, I, was, I,
2: I was mentoring uh, a group of younger wives uh, in, in uh, Boise and told them that I was you know we were Putting together this film, and um, Laura Nichol spoke to me after the meeting and said, you know, I'd really be interested in telling my stories. So just like that.
1: You, you know, the, the the stories are all they all have elements of of inspiration. Um, you you sit there and you watch it and you just you almost want to reach through this to screen and, and lift them up because of uh, some of the stories are heart wrenching. I think this Sally Zepeda. Is she the one whose husband had the, the had Agent Orange and yeah. lots of other right. physical issues? And she's right. she's and ladies and gentlemen, you've gotta gotta see this documentary and share it. I married the war. I mean, she's just in tears because she doesn't. You know what what can I do? And that's something else that was really interesting to me coming out of the stories is the extent to which you see over the course of the interview and some of the background information that many of these wives. In, in helping their husbands, whether it's just the emotional trauma or emotional and physical trauma, were developing a new um, a new sense of themselves too. So, in making their husbands stronger and supporting their their husbands, they were making themselves stronger. They were making themselves wiser. And and um, yeah, you know, I'm hoping that many of them. Uh, well, I guess maybe the younger generations are now taking that out to To share that in other parts of the military community, to share their experience and their their help, right, and their their newfound wisdom.
2: Exactly. Yes. Thank you for um commenting about their their openness and willingness to tell their story. That was pretty amazing to us too. That that they could be so honest about what they've been through, and that their husbands wanted them to tell their story. Mm-hmm to raise awareness so that people all around the country and perhaps around the world will uh, know that they're not alone in their um, after-war experiences. Mm-hmm. One of the... You, you said they learned a lot um, about themselves. Precious Goodson is uh, someone we, I actually contacted through the Internet. I saw that she was writing a blog, and uh, she tells in the movie about um, how... She feels that this experience has made her a better person.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: She's learned so much, and she wouldn't be the person she is today if she hadn't supported her husband, advocated for him, and learned.
1: I'm speaking with Betty and Ken Rogers about their just wonderful documentary, I Married the War. Ladies and gentlemen, it's estimated there are approximately 5.5 million military caregivers across the country from all generations and all eras. And this message needs to be spread. Please, when you hear this show, please spread it and share it with your friends. Check out imarriedthewar.com. Maybe get a copy of the DVD or find it on your streaming device. I I guarantee you, uh, you will appreciate it. We'll be right (laughs) back. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. There's your host Ben Bueller Garcia. We're talking with Ken and Betty Rogers. They the producers, directors, writers, bottle washers of a great documentary called "I Married the War." And this is not this is not a Disney. You know, you're going to want to go out dancing after you see this, but I tell you, it is extremely enlightening. Some of the words by the reviewers that have been excused to describe it are searing, brilliant, heartbreaking. It was featured on several. Um, Film festivals, selected for several film f- festivals, and I think actually got, uh, including the Paris Film Festival. I'm guessing that's not Paris, Texas.
2: <laughs> no, that's Paris, France. Paris, France.
1: <laughs> All right, Freedom Fries. Okay. Um, so one of the, and I, I'd like you to maybe share. We don't want to give too much away, but we want to inspire people to actually see this film. And uh, one of the quotes that jumped out at me from, uh, actually, people can see it in your trailer, and, and, and uh, the wife says you're marrying a man who is going off to war and you're going to live with it for the rest of your life. And Ken, coming back to what you said, there is no cure. It's a, it's a, a question of managing the symptoms and, and what that causes in your life and in your marriage. Um, is that, were there anyone that you spoke to or that you approached and said, no, no, we just want to do it. We're not ready to do that. And, and how heartbreaking was that for you walking out the door or hanging up the phone on those calls?
2: Well, I had uh, contacted a woman in um, uh, Indiana, and she was fabulous. She herself is a vet- wife of a veteran, mm-hmm. and um, and then her job is with the VA helping veterans. And she was all ready to go and um, called to make the appointment for us to travel there and interview her. And she said, my husband doesn't want me to do it. Mm. And that was heartbreaking because she would have been fabulous. And um, so... uh, But um, you asked earlier about uh, how many people. Um, We had originally set up about 15 or 20 people who were standing in line to be interviewed. It was Mm -hmm. pretty exciting. And after... Well, there's a lot involved with making a film and we've kind of come to the end of the budget and <laughs> and we had 11 people. And <clears throat> we said, so what are we going to do? And we realized after these 11 women that that we had our film. Their stories together were the film. So um, we had to put the pause on the other people and that was hard because they were ready. They Some of them had studied PTSD more thoroughly so that she could talk about it better, and it was hard to tell them we weren't going to.
1: So Ben's dumb question of the show, for other people out there who might be interested in, in jumping into the documentary world themselves, there's and you, it's not. I mean, there's a lot involved, and I would think the whole point of doing something like this is for other eyes to see it and other ears to hear it. What? Is that, How does this work? Do you you have the idea and then you've got to go out and pitch and gain a certain amount of financial support before you even pull the trigger? Or what's involved with
0: that? Oh, no, we don't do it that We just go start and hope somebody will give us <laughs> some money. And I think if you want to be a independent filmmaker, you kind of have to have that attitude, I believe, that the most important thing you can have is a story, a compelling story. Uh, if you don't have a compelling story... The rest of it's not going to work. I don't care how much money you have. So, you have to have a story, and then you have to have a team of people that you trust that uh, are competent technically. We, we, you know, we don't do the technical stuff. We just, you know, we are producers basically and directors. Uh, we hire cinematographers and editors and sound people to do the work, and uh, we just come up with a story and the people to talk to. Mm-hmm. But,
1: Interesting. How, how much are you involved in the editing of the final
0: product? Well, our editor, you know, thirty years working with Francis Ford Coppola and, mm. and uh, George Lucas, and so you know, he had a BAFTA, which is a British equivalent of a of an Oscar, and you know, we usually would just give him the the uh, interviews and kind of tell him what we wanted and this is what we think the story is and let him make the film i mean and then we might go back and say no we don't like that we like this the, you don't have this in there you put that in and he had to argue with him about everything because he's a pro <laughs> so uh it was
2: very collaborative
0: okay yeah yeah Okay. It was good.
1: The you know, the impression that I got coming away from the screening is that beyond these women telling these were eleven love stories too, if you'll forgive me for saying that. I mean that's what was one of my takeaways because the power and the passion that these women expressed and just the stick-to-itiveness, the commitment that they had to their vows to stay in that relationship regardless of, of the storms that, that were buffeting them, you know, some some mental, in some cases, some physical. And that's, I just, to me, that was such a special part of, of these stories, was, was looking in their eyes and hearing you know, even the trembling in their voice or sometimes outright tears. I mean, these are women that weren't going to leave their husbands. They just weren't. And there was a study, Ken, I don't know if you saw it, that uh, I can't remember who conducted it, but it showed, it was a study of Vietnam veterans and it showed that they were more likely to veterans with PTSD more than three times more likely to get divorced more than twice, um highly likely to get divorced at least once and and very you know just did not have long term relationships, so they just had very short relationships. and that's you know that was just the the Vietnam cohort that we studied. and you think about that and expounded upon it. I mean we've been at war or were at war for what twenty twenty five years now, and all the families that impacted. Did you come across, or was there a, a congressman' decision not to include the male spouse of a female veteran, Or that has sort of taken it a little off off kilter?
0: Well, you know, we uh, we actually discussed it quite a bit, and we had a lot of suggestions that we include male spouses because, of course, that's what's happening now, mm-hmm. but and I was probably more adamant about this than, than Betty was, but I didn't know that, I think men and women are different. I mean, I'm old-fashioned. I think there's a difference. And and I, I certainly thought that the women that were we interviewed that were World War II and, and Korea-based, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have a whole completely different ethos about service. and And so I just thought it was kind of like in some ways comparing apples to oranges And so if we all stick with women It would be about women And so I was kind of I was kind of adamant about that Okay
2: Also um, As the lead person on this film This is my story And so that's, that That was my reason For sticking with just the wives is This is a story of, of Us But <laughs> your story isn't in the film it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It's it's there. It's it's not overt.
1: <laughs> um, I also just about a minute for the break, but uh, I also correct if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I was at the um, at the end of the screening. But wasn't there a couple where they were both veterans? Yes. The, the wife and the husband. Yes. That's sort of um. Is she was she, was she the Harley writer? Yes, yeah, one okay. of them.
2: Okay. And the other was Terry Tot Miller, who had okay. um lost her husband to suicide.
1: Okay. All right. That that to me is also a very interesting take because again, we one of the worst things we can do is make assumptions about people. And just you, if you assume that just because she also had service, she would have more resiliency or a better understanding of this challenges, it may or may not be true, uh, and necessarily in any case, ladies and gentlemen, again, visit imarriedthewar.com. Just a very very powerful documentary. By Betty and Ken Rogers. I'd encourage you to watch it. I encourage you to watch it with your spouse if you're married. And I'll tell you, one thing that also when watched, Laura and I came out of that documentary, I believe, with more insights into our own marriage. And neither one of us have served, neither one of us have experienced at least war trauma. So it's beneficial even if you're a civilian to check this out. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can find more than 500 podcasts archived at AmericanWarriorRadio.com. We stream on all your favorite platforms. Look for us there. And please, again, share the messages. We'll be right back. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ben Bueller Garcia. We're talking with Betty and Ken Rogers. They've got a relatively new documentary called I Married the War that's out now. You can find it. Well, let me. So, your website is iMarriedTheWar.com. Where else can people find this documentary?
2: It's also uh, available for, for streaming on Vimeo. Okay. And then uh, there's a lot at the website that they can link to see the okay. trailers and. Other yeah. information.
1: Well, speaking of the trailers, there's um one of the one of the wives and she's talking. Well, let me back up a little bit. Some of this we talked about some of the symptoms or some of the uh, how how PTSD and and is is expressed. And um, are, are there some that I've missed? I mean, one of the wives said literally if if she slammed the refrigerator door t- too loudly, that would trigger her husband. Um, gosh, don't tell my wife that. Um, but. What are some of the other, if people don't know, what should they be looking for?
2: That's a really good question because it's different with every person. Um, One of the manifestations we haven't talked about um, is moral injury. Um, You know, there's Mm -hmm. the obvious physical injuries that can happen and the... um, PTSD, the TBIs, and so forth. Um, and they are pretty consistent with their how they're manifested, um, especially with the anger, especially with uh, alcohol and drugs, um, the self-isolation, the separating yourself from your family, from mm-hmm. your friends. Um, <clears throat> but moral injury is is a heavy, heavy weight that they carry, and that comes out in a lot of different ways.
1: We we actually did an entire show on moral injury. Oh, good. And talked about that. Folks can find it in our our archives. I I would assume in many cases there's survivor's guilt as well, particularly if they saw a lot of combat.
0: That's correct. There's a lot of survivor's guilt. Uh, It's not something that I I don't think I have that much of it, but men that I served with, a lot of them have, it wears on them. To the point where I think it it can be a debilitating uh, emotion to have.
1: hmm Yeah, I, I could see that. The the we're talking about the wives, but obviously this affects the entire family. It affects you know particularly if, if the the father or the, or the mother, whichever veteran is is withdrawing from their family, withdrawing from society as a whole. You know, we're not going, not taking you to the soccer practices anymore. You know, we might have been a regular church-going family. We're not doing that. Well, you guys go ahead. You know, I'm not going to be there anymore. And, you know, not to mention the self-medication issues and what that leads to. There was a one situation, I think, where um, I can't remember which spouse it was, but her, her husband would just have these terrible nightmares, and he'd start swinging and thrashing around. Well, it's just practical re- reality. I mean, you know, you got to get up the next morning and explain to your boss why you have a black eye and you know you don't want them sending the sending the officials out there i mean just i there's just so many complications so it's almost too many to comprehend
2: mhm that's true
1: the uh, i want to read something to you there's something else i pulled out of uh, actually off your website and it's the wives and i married the war recognize hypervigilance isolation quick temper and the emotional escape that are manifestations of post traumatic stress as a result of traumatic brain injury, they have dealt with their husband's memory loss and reduced ability to express themselves. They've battled their spouse's substance abuse and survivor's guilt. They've even nursed their veterans' mangled bodies. We, we spent a lot of time talking about the PTSD. We haven't really touched on, on TBI here today. But that is also something, you know, I try and put myself in someone else's moccasins. And I've got a big, brawny, brave, protect-me-at-all-cost husband, and he goes off to war. And then when he comes back from war, he can't remember where he put the car keys or he misses appointments or he's just – he's not there anymore. He's just not the, – the presence that he had before he went off to combat is not there anymore. And, you know, that means I'm guessing the spouse has to pick up and do double duty now, particularly if they're they're that debilitated that they can't function 100% anymore even on, on the home front. Is that, and I think you had – at least one couple in there. I, I remember the scene, at the, I think it was at the kitchen table where they were talking
0: about that. Well, actually, we had more than one. We had th- those particular people where he put the deodorant in the refrigerator and the milk in the cabinet in the bathroom. And but and then we had another one, Precious and, uh,
2: Leonard.
0: and Leonard Goodson. And he, you know, he can't, Read directions. I mean, he can't follow directions. He can't stay focused enough to even, you know, follow a recipe. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, you know, that was a manifestation of of TBI, and probably some of the older veterans had it too, but that didn't exist. I mean, Mm -hmm. until the last 15 years, there was no TBI, you know, but like. Bruce Jones got sh- shot in the neck, and he got his uh, RPG round went right off next to his head, and and so I'm sure he had a TBI too because mm-hmm. he got blown on off his feet and onto the ground, and uh, and it's a uh, you know it's a nasty business fighting a right. war, and and so there's a lot of injury. You know, the thing that I think is really doesn't get talked about enough in all of this conversation is that the veteran comes home and all of these manifestations of being shot at and killing people and being involved in all this violence is what it does to the kids and you know the the children of these veterans, my children uh, all have vestigial manifestations of what I brought home and some of it's pretty I think uh Significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a phrase
1: that I had never heard before until I saw your documentary. Secondary PTSD, and again, that's one of those things. If you think about it for half a second, it makes complete sense. But those those within the civilian world don't know that um, that it even existed. And basically, the concept there is that the 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 PTSD, I use the air quotes, infects, if you will, the rest of the family and. Um, and coming back to that survey of the Vietnam veterans, they talked to the spouses of those Vietnam veterans, and up to half of them said they regularly feel like they're just on the verge of, of a, a mental breakdown. That's their day-to-day life, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There's, I, I want to encourage people. I don't want to give too much away. Visit uh, imarriedthewar.com to check out where you can see this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and, and or have a friend that is that's, that's considering suicide, please remind them our new Veterans Crisis line number is 988-SIMPLE, 988, 988, and then press 1 to talk somebody who uh, who's willing to help you. We're kind of running down to two minutes. I want to give you an opportunity. Well, two things. One is, are you still making the screenings or are you still going around and doing screenings if folks are interested in having one?
2: Yes, we're very happy to do that. It's normally by invitation if somebody would like to have it shown in their community.
1: Well, we've got listeners all, you know, from California to Virginia and some very military-intensive towns. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to have a screening in your community and and put the team together to support Ken and Bay to do that, they're more than happy to talk to you about that. Visit com for that contact information. Lastly, well, not lastly, but before you do your big close, because you're true professionals, um. You can mention there just there's a couple people in Tucson. People are hearing this all over the country, but you wanted to call out some people in Tucson, just think so. Oh, that's where we're headquartered.
0: We wanted to call out Barbara Brownlee and Colonel Moe.
1: I love Colonel Moe. Uh
0: because <laughs> of what they do for veterans in his community. And Colonel Moe is Maureen
1: Galliar. Got him. Yeah
0: and she's a firecracker. She's what yes, like she four foot six on yeah, a good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a she's a colonel. So anyway, we just you know they they are doing a lot of good here for the for the Fitters community. And on May thirtieth, they're going to be uh, dedicating their Gold Star Mothers Memorial. So if you're around, go check that out.
1: So when you do these screenings, you do they they're fundraisers. So right. if you've got a, a support organization in your town that could maybe use a little extra cash and i mean this is a, a win-win all around um and by the way i also want to mention real quick if people go to um imarriedthewar.com, there's also a resources page there for people that are struggling and, and you're adding to that all the time so um, um kudos for doing that any last thoughts we got just about 30 seconds left
0: yeah i got a thought uh, you know this film i married the war isn't just for combat veterans. This mm-hmm. is for police officers. It's for firemen. It's for EMTs. It's for men and women who work in the hospitals dealing with trauma because that trauma gets shared. They they take it on. So,
1: good, very good point. Betty and Ken, thanks so much for joining us here on American Warrior Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget you can find this podcast in 500 others at AmericanWarriorRadio.com. Please share the message. Until next time, policies
0: and procedures remain in place. Take care. You've been listening to American Warrior Radio. Archived episodes may be found at AmericanWarriorRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform.